Hey everybody, this is Mandy, and no one can try me like I can try me. Hi everyone, this is Ollie, and some of these quote-unquote challenges should really become lifestyle changes. I'm looking at you, Ollie. And this is the Mandy and Ollie Podcast. You search for guys with the most things. Daddy ran away, left your mama with the keys to the Mustang. Yeah, keys to the Mustang. What challenges are you referring to? I'm referring to the challenges where people are like, oh, 10 days without sugar, 20 days without meat, 30 days of exercising for 30 minutes every single day. And I'm just like, we have all these challenges. Or even, and I said I'm looking at myself because I've participated in several of them. And I'm like, this isn't something I need to just start doing and stop. Like, this seems to be a constant life change. Like, yeah, cut out the refined sugar. Cut out eating stuff major. Cut out majorly eating stuff where I can't pronounce the ingredients um, on the list. And you know, yeah, I should be exercising every single day. And I mean, it's nice that <laughs> it's nice that a challenge could get restarted, but it kind of sucks that it's like, all right, I'm done feeling great for the last thirty days. Let's f it up. So that's what I've been thinking about. That's my favorite part. <laughs> Getting off of the lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I thought you were talking about TikTok challenges at first, oh. which so don't participate in. <laughs> so I was like, oh, which one of these should I carry on to the future? That's funny. Do you even have TikTok? Like, do you or do you watch it your Instagram? Not. Okay. Yeah, whatever comes up on my Instagram, I'll be like, oh, all right. That's a nice. <laughs> okay. Um, you know I don't like downloading things on my phone, even I though I have know. a new phone now. I know, and I wish it didn't bother me so, because it's not my it phone. <laughs> it's not my phone and it's not my life. It bothers me when I want you to experience certain things, or especially when I'm trying to share like certain deals or discount with my people, and I'm like, can't add Mandy to the list because she's going to say no. <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like it cuts out a whole part of life that I can't share with you because I know you won't download certain apps. The things that I do on my phone, as soon as you start to like really get into something, that's when your phone decides to start acting up anyways. Like on my tablet, I... um. I read and then I also play like a couple of games, specifically this design home game. And it just keeps shutting off in the middle of me trying to design certain (laughs) rooms. And at first I was, I thought it was of an upgrade issue because Mm -hmm. I was having that problem with my phone where it kept closing out apps and I realized I needed to upgrade stuff. So I upgraded everything and it was still closing it out. Like, no, we don't want you to do this room. So I'm like, this is why, like this, this tablet didn't have no problems. But once you start downloading more things, yeah. now it wouldn't act like it don't have sense. So, but then I'm wondering, is it that you're downloading more things, or is it that you're not cleaning out like your cache, you're not cleaning out unused files, you're not defragging your disk, like regular maintenance things? You know, it's funny. What? You say regular maintenance things, and it sounds like beep boop, beep boop. <laughs> like it sounds very much um, so technology driven that I'm like, yes, like I know these things, but also it sounds like she must be a master technician. <laughs> I feel like I'm the 
like I'm good at troubleshooting. That's what I'm good at doing. Cause I also troubleshooting have- is only th- something technologically savvy people say. <laughs> Other people be like, you know how to fix this? This is not working. How you fix this? It's the same thing. <laughs> right. But only technologically savvy people will say, let me troubleshoot this problem for you. I don't know about all that, but okay. <laughs> Mandy. I only ever see the word troubleshoot when it comes to computer programming things. Like that's where I first remember seeing it. <laughs> but I still feel like. I mean, I, I feel like it's pretty simple, though. Like, what I'm saying, it's pretty simple to eat, like, without downloading any extra apps. Like, you go in, you clear this out, you clear that out, you delete that, and then bada-bing, bada-boom. You can add the cherry wood, I don't know, outside to the house, or you can put in the little the pincushion couch in the living room that you're designing. Right. Like, I know I'm a, I sound like an old person. No, you don't. And I am. Um... And I'm constantly reminded of it, like that video that's going around about when you go to get your ID check for alcohol. And if your <laughs> year starts with 19, then you old. And it's like, all right. Well, oh, my gosh. I knew this before, but now I now I really know it. We old. We're, I get it. But um, it's also I've I've been accepted that I'm old. And Older. I enjoy being old. Older. So the fact that I'm like, oh, I don't know how to use this technology, even wow. though I literally grew up with, you know, a exactly. computer in the home my entire life. <laughs> I'm just, I'm fine with it. That's, that's where I am in my life. I feel like when it comes to things like download Adobe Illustrator and, you know, design a 3D moving background without like, I don't know, some opaque level, blah, blah. I feel like when it comes to like that, I'm like, okay, yeah, no, I'm older and I don't understand how to do that stuff. But the other basic things, like I don't think us being older um, means we can't do them. So oh, I wasn't talking about you, you young thing. <laughs> I'm just talking about <laughs> Because as they like to say, you're only as old as you feel. And I feel old. <laughs> But you've been old like all your life. <laughs> you guys, since we've known Mandy, she's always been the older person. So it's just Well, it's, also being the youngest. I well, love my old stuff. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. But Back yeah. in my day. <laughs> in my day. Um, so I do want to ask Yeah, you've been trying to tell me something. I'm sorry, I keep no, interrupting even totally I'm gonna say you no, trying I like to this whole conversation. I wanted to bring up like that video with the nineteen, that was my first time seeing that today, where it was like she checked the ID real quick. It was like, Oh, you checked it quick and the cashier was like, Yeah, you were born your your starts with nineteen. And when I saw that, I was like, Do I feel hurt? Do I feel attacked? Do I feel <laughs> unaware? Like, did I not realize? Because I understand that time is going by and I understand people are living their lives but that didn't click with me until I saw that video today and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> I was confused <laughs> there were two moments when I was like okay this is hitting me one when I used to work at the movie theater because they would um we had to check IDs for R-rated films and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they would always have a sign that just has the year that we need to refer to. And so they're like, you know, if it's this date of um, of this year, then they're good to watch it. And I already knew I was like one of the older people working at the movie theater, but I felt mm-hmm. extra crispy old when it was like, okay, here's this thing to remind you. You're not only the oldest person, you know, 
well, not the oldest person, but you're not only one of the older people working in the theater, but you're also like old in comparison to people who are just coming to see the movies. <laughs> um, and I was like, all right, this is where I am in my life. And then second was when my youngest cousin who was my baby, who's like one of the first people where I'm like, I remember when you were born and he's 21 now. And yes. I'm just like, Oh, Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> That's definitely how I feel about, like I said, some family members, younger cousins that now have college degrees, um, some of them in relationships and moving in doing all sorts of good stuff. Or even I'll have some of them too specifically that call me ask for life advice. And I'm like, I'm too young to be giving you life advice. And then I was like, oh, hold up. But I've done this and that and this and that and this and that and this and that. And And one of them called me wise yesterday. And I was like, I know you mean that as a compliment. Take that knife out my back. (laughs) I know know you're saying it as a compliment. But geez, Louise, because in my head, like, not that I'm still childish, but I'm still childish in a lot of different regards. But it's in like a fun, youthful, I don't feel the age I am type of um air so to be called wise by one of my younger cousins who's going through like life events that i went through six seven eight years ago it's just kind of wild to me i know i'm childish by the way i treat myself shout back out to my intro no one can play me like me when i wake (laughs) up in the morning and i know what i went to bed looking like but then i look in the mirror and i just laugh (laughs) at myself like oh you ugly what and I don't do anything about it to correct the issue. I just be like, <laughs> girl, you so is ugly. I have my color purple moment. You wild. Why would you? <laughs> I say no one can play me like me. At the same time, because I've felt like I had a certain level of maturity all my life, I wish more people would ask me. Like, I feel like people... They don't ask me for advice. They ask me my opinion. But I wish more people would ask me for advice. I don't know that I would be able to give it to them in a <laughs> profound way. But I just wish, I just, you know, I want to be America's favorite auntie with no nieces and nephews. So Aww. ask me. Ask me. <laughs> That's funny. Um, most Let's not even just go for America. Internationally. <laughs> okay. International skills. I got to learn to speak more languages, though. Do I only you know want English. To? No. Okay. But if I'm going to be international, baby, I should learn. I should know more than one language. I need to get my Lapita on. Well, if you ever lift your app band, they have the app now where you can just... I was in the store. I kid you not, you guys and gals. I was in um, Marshall's, and there was this Asian woman in front of me, and she kept looking back at me, and I thought she was looking past me, and I was like, what is she looking at? Whatever. Then we get to, like, the front where she's, like, in one of the six-feet spaces, and I'm in one. She walks to me, and she's, like, old, old, like, just very old. So she kind of, like, shuffles to me, and I was like, are you okay? And she's speaking a language I don't understand. So she, she picked up her phone pressed the little thing, opened it up, and it translated into something that didn't make sense. But I saw she had a bag with her. So basically she was asking me, she was asking, where do I go for the return? And I was like, oh, they'll help you up there. And so eventually it was her turn. You know, I was like, hey, she's trying to make a return. That's what she's trying to return, yada, yada, yada. So there are apps out there if you um, (laughs) lift your app band. And then that way you don't necessarily have to learn everything. Maybe one day when I... Decide to leave the country again, and I can't wait to leave this country. To Hello, be clear. but um, Hello? you know, when they let us in because it's safe, because we got um, 
you know, if this Rona ever goes away. Mm, I don't think it will. I think it'll just develop and mutate. But, you know, we can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mandy, if you have any goals, how are they looking for this week? These past two weeks, technically. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know if you guys missed us. I do know somebody <laughs> missed us. That's not true, because we got, somebody said they missed us, and it was like, oh. Um, they also said they were worried about us. We sounded unwell. So, there's that. But, it's funny because it's I have true. Been, it's funny because it's true. I have had so many things that I've been experiencing, and most of them I forgot to write, and so um, I had wrote some stuff the previous week and then I was like I don't know if I want to do any of those things so then I was trying to write stuff based off what's been happening because I haven't had time to write stuff down mm-hmm. but one thing that in my goals last year I made it my goal not to get annoyed and not to be annoying I remember that and I didn't re- renew it over to this year because I feel like you know I've mastered that I've gotten to a place of just stillness and calmness and I don't need to worry about that anymore. Well, these past couple weeks have not I have not been succeeding and not getting annoyed. I have been annoyed. And I've been annoyed at people, I've been annoyed at circumstances, I've been annoyed at life, I've been annoyed at myself. I have been annoyed. And I'm realizing, you know, kind of like you were saying earlier with these challenges, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to do it for this amount of time. You got to apply that to life because it'll come right back around. Yeah, for sure. So I need to uh, put back in my goals not to get annoyed and to try and um, in the areas where I need to put my foot down and be steadfast and be vocal about this is what I will and will not do. This is what I will and will not stand for. Do that. And in the areas where I need to compromise, compromise, because I feel like I've been blurring those lines or being unsure or less definitive. And that has allowed me to be annoyed because I'm dealing with things that if I was definitive one way or the other, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be annoyed at. Also, um, understanding the things that I have control over. I have, you know, again, being definitive and taking control over and the things that I don't have control over, trying to make peace with that so that I'm not getting annoyed about things that I can't do anything about anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's funny to me that you bring up the annoying thing because I feel like that's something that I've tried before or, I've, or n- maybe not, the word annoyed but I'm like okay if I know that my typical reaction is this let me try to be conscious of that and try to do something different let me try to work on it and I do find myself at times slipping back into just letting my natural reaction be my natural reaction letting my natural you know quick-witted response just come out and so it takes work and training and like you said sometimes when we decide let's pick up this behavior or consciously behave this way it's not something that we can just you know put down when we want to so I think it's cool that you're even still conscious of it and deciding to um actively be aware of it you know what I mean yeah I feel I use the word annoyed in particular and I feel like it affects me because 
when something annoys you, it'll just be eating at you. And typically, I'm the only one that is eating. <laughs> like, it's eating at me. Um, other people are out here cruising or fit or getting over it. Or something's eating at me, again, if it's a circumstance or situation, and that circumstance isn't changing or it is what it is. And I'm just over here still letting it eat at me. And so I'm like... I don't want to live my life that way where I'm letting things get to me that I can't get past. <laughs> um, and I'm, and that's not to say like, I can't have a reaction to right. it, but I don't want that reaction to be long lasting right. that, that I can't move on about my life or my day or whatever. Um, so yeah, it's definitely going to take, that conscious effort because it's it's not something that can just naturally assume that things and people aren't going to try me Mm -hmm. even though again can't nobody try me like I try myself (laughs) you're funny (laughs) but when other people put in that effort to try me I gotta stay ready you have to stay ready so that I don't let it get me so that you don't have to get ready Mm-hmm. Pat, who is it Tyler Bell I think she wants to say that they were like you get dressed up for everything just go into the store she's like you stay ready you don't have to get ready I'm like that's true I'm still going to the floor of my store my sweat <laughs> but you go ahead Patty <laughs> Patty's talking about stay ready to get ready but she don't know the words to no song she be singing so <laughs> I saw another video today it was a full video of her not knowing this Christmas and the lady with the cue cards and I was like poor little cue card lady like <laughs> What about your goals? <laughs> Thanks. I, uh, again, have not been subscribing to writing down specific things, even though I was very gung-ho about that during season one and two of the podcast. Um, I feel like I've been busy in the sense where I'm, where I'm like, let's go day to day. So let's just see how the day goes. Let me try not to put extra pressure on myself. I feel like I have to hit these specific goals. And I feel like naturally it's, been okay like business things have been okay work has been eh. um I feel like my friendships and my relationships in general could use a little bit of extra um maybe time or focus but I also feel like that's not being given to me so it's not like I'm receiving it and not giving it back it just seems like this is a time frame where everyone's just super busy or super in tune on you know staying focused on their own personal things right now so um, I will say that that's a little interesting to deal with because it's not as many check-ins going on. It's not as many um, active group chats that I usually have going on. So it's it's interesting navigating um, being physically far away and digitally far away from people as well. So, yeah. It makes me feel or think about my topic for this is a safe space. If you want to cruise on down into this is a safe space. Cruise on down to the safe space. We have arrived. So my this is a safe space is um, it's been over a year of this corona shutdown quarantine life Mm -hmm. and I just wanted to think about like a reflection of where 
we were this time last year, um, what I've learned, what I've experienced. And even though it wasn't this time specific last year, but I remember at the beginning of this quarantine, Mm -hmm. quarantina, we did our very first drinking podcast. And if that wasn't a time to do it, I don't know when would be. Um, because the world was just in a place of chaos Mm -hmm. and we, Mandy and Ollie was like, might as well take shots at, (laughs) and I'm going to tell you guys this now because we didn't say it at the time, but it was literally (laughs) eight o'clock and five o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Straight shots. Pretty sure Nan, neither of us had eaten food. <laughs> now I'm sipping on a 100 calorie hard seltzer, which Ooh. is only 5% alcohol. Okay. So I don't know if that's an upgrade in my life, but it's a difference. What you sipping on, Ollie? I am sipping on Eagle Brewery's Banana Bread Beer, which is 5.2% alcohol. So, mm-hmm. right there with you. Right that there extra 2% you. goes a long way. Listen, it'll do it. Won't it do it? Um, or 0.2%, right? 0.2, yeah. Um, when you said that we were here this time last year, I immediately was like, let me pull up Spotify and see like if we've had any titles or episodes and literally March 13th the season 2 episode 10 is called I don't have the corona so <laughs> yes we've been doing this for a minute and I do want to say and I'll probably say this until the day I die or until the day this transitions into something else we were one of the first people to talk about the rona and bring you it were. to your ears we were one of you the did. first before it was a thing before the mask before the mandates before the you can't eat here you can't go there we put y'all on so maybe you wouldn't have been so frazzled or bamboozled or looking lost had you been listening at the time. And if you were listening at the time, we appreciate your support. We do appreciate <laughs> it. Um, I wasn't surprised, but it still did catch me off guard because I literally got on a plane. And when I got off the plane, it was like the world had exploded. <laughs> Every time you say that line, it gets funnier and funnier to me because it seems so cinematic. It seems like a movie plot. So that's why it's so hilarious to me every time you say that line. And she doesn't say it often, you guys, but she says, I'm just like, I can imagine that. You going somewhere and you coming back and being like, where am I? (laughs) Yeah. And I was in that place for two to three weeks. Mm -hmm. So if I had... Corona, if I was experiencing, like in the theory, you know, we all thought we was gonna be somewhere for two weeks. Well, so I was like, you know, I'm good. I'm gonna be here for two weeks, anyways. But of course, it didn't end <laughs> after that. So it was really just like I don't know. Like everything was was a in a state of confusionary. Mm-hmm. I went to this place for a specific reason, but I also was like, oh, I'm gonna be here for a few weeks. I'm gonna be able to do some fun activities. Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> The world shut down. Right. The whole Um, world. (laughs) Things 
that you would, things that you, I didn't have a mask at the time. Mm -hmm. I was trying to get one to be able to go back on the plane. Mm -hmm. I was already someone who subscribed to, I should disinfect my seat on the plane because, um, I had, you know, we learned from Naomi Campbell. Additionally, um, I had experience going on a plane, Mm -hmm. having my wipes, but feeling pressured not to wipe my seat down fully because folks trying to get in their seat and you holding stuff up, trying to wipe things down. Mm -hmm. And then I immediately, and it was a very long flight and I got sick. And I was like, I know I should have (laughs) That sucks. I've also wiped my seat and still gotten sick. So the point is, don't not wipe the seat though, because the point you can the germs are there, guys. Mm -hmm. The germs are there. But again, it was like things to already be conscious of and know, and then an entire level of of just jumps up when we're now in this world of COVID, and nobody knows what what to do. Right. Um, at that time I was unemployed, but supposed to be getting employed and was not confident (laughs) that I was going to be able to start my job. Like I was like, oh, I hope they'll let me start. Yeah. (laughs) And they did, fortunately. But at the time I was just like, who knows if they're going to let me start. I'm about to be a year at this job. That's wild. and And I've literally only met my manager in person. Everybody else is an image in a computer box. <laughs> um, I was not in school a year ago. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been in school for the full four years. It's oh, It hasn't even been a year. <laughs> wow. I was dating someone even though I tell y'all I'm forever single well don't worry guys she's single again (laughs) she ain't on the prowl though she's Mandy will do nothing else but stay single (laughs) I can't I have been in the process of trying to do major adult moves Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, in my future and family planning that at this time last year I was getting ready to buy my first stock and I was going to use and I was pretty much using my um 401k from my old job and I was like all right I gotta put it in the IRA let me try and look stuff up shout out to Greg who we had on the podcast before because I was like what do I put this in that's pretty much all it was. Mm-hmm. And then now I've done investments and I did it again. But these these actual investments, like the day-to-day look at a stuff, it's not going very well. I don't know if the market is just bad across the board, but all I know is I've lost money. So I'm just like, well, of course I'm going to leave it in there until I make money. <laughs> this don't look good. It goes up and down, right? It's going to go back up again at some point. That was one of the things I was going to talk about, but just it's neither here nor there. And... um it's just been a lot of change Mm -hmm. um in my life and I don't 
know. I'm just trying to, to to be able to reflect on it because I know a lot of it has been good change. Mm-hmm. I I often say I particularly feel blessed because the pandemic was a hard and harmful experience for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I feel blessed that I had so many good things even with school, it's not a bad thing. I just don't like it, right. but it's not a bad thing that right. I'm doing it. And I've been very blessed to be able to do a lot in this period that's difficult for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also learned a lot just about when you were saying you have to be physically away from people. And then sometimes when you have stuff going on, you have to be digitally away from people. Yeah. And I've learned a lot about, even though I try myself, I'm also can really rely on myself. Like I, I have to rely on myself. Mm-hmm. We've been put in a situation where, um, it had to be me, myself and I, I am one of the few people I know that like live alone alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, maybe it's not that few, but I I know a lot more people living with people than um, living alone. Mm -hmm. And so I had to be like, all right, I got to have my back. I got to take care of myself. I got to do what I got to do because I literally can't really call someone else. And I've had a time before when I was sick in college bringing it all back to that, that I literally was felt like I was dying. And I was fortunate enough that my friend b- was bringing me water because I asked another friend to bring me water and they lived in the same building in the do- same dorm room. They didn't bring me shit. Mm. And then this other friend came and brought me water. And I always talked to her about it because I'm like, I was literally at a life and death point. Yeah. That was, I didn't, I wasn't consuming anything. Mm. Um, so yeah, I had to, had to get myself together or make sure I was good because this literally could be an instance where you could die and won't nobody find you. <laughs> Not for a couple because of days. You st- for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did a lot of talking. What have you re- <laughs> reflected on in this time and this year? Um, I'm not sure if I have a lot to say regarding reflection or even memory of where I was last year. I, I would have to even look at receipts in my bag to tell you where I was last week. But last year, um, I wasn't in this new job. I was doing my business full-time and teaching full-time. And that's not my reality anymore. Um, I don't know if I was dating somebody at the time because that's just been complicated. And I like on Facebook where y'all put fake complicated. It's been real-life complicated in these streets. Um, yeah, I, the main highlight I remember last year was going on the girls trip before things got crazy. That was last year, right? January? Yeah, it was January. Yeah. I know it feels like so long ago (laughs) because so much happened. Yeah. Afterwards, but it was last, it was 2020. (laughs) Okay. So last year we had a girls trip and that was a big highlight of my year because I don't necessarily get to take a lot of girls trips and the fact that it was a fun city time. And I felt like for the most part, it was more of a good time than like a bad time. And I also feel like with certain girls trips, like, you know, 
motions, personalities, not everybody is always cohesive or mesh as well. And I don't feel like there was like a huge incident where I was like, all right, I don't want to go on a girl's trip for a minute now. So yeah, that was fun for me. So not being able to necessarily just pick up and go um, has sucked. And the fact that I also do feel like, I guess if we're moving into like vaccination talk a little bit, um, and I don't think this is a hot take or well-known or I don't think that this is a hot take or unknown, but I do get the vibe that vaccinations are going to be required for travel eventually. So I also don't like the fact that I feel like my choice is being taken away if I want to go somewhere on a plane. So, yeah, I don't feel like I have a lot of reflection updates to provide. I just feel like um, I'm hoping that people are preparing for things to not necessarily get back to normal. Like this is the new normal and adjustments will continue to be made when they roll out the vaccines, when they roll out, um, you know, different rules and mandates and stuff like that. If the virus, not if, when the virus mutates. So I think it's important to be prepared for the things that you can't be prepared for, to be accepting of change and kind of going with the flow and being able to adjust and be malleable to a situation. So that would be my two cents. Yeah, I feel like for international travel, especially in certain places, it probably will be required. Kind of like when you go to certain countries and you got to get a malaria shot. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like a lot of international places would be like, before you go to America, make sure you get your vaccine. Yeah. Because America... Listen, they've been, dragging, they've been dragging Americans through the mud about this. And I'm just sitting there like, I, I can see why. <laughs> I can see why. So, yeah. Okay. Are you ready to enter into the safe space? Yeah, that was my safe space. Didn't we do that? Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, your safe space? <laughs> my safe space. Yeah, my safe space. Um... <laughs> Speaking of work, like I spoke about earlier, um, some of my girlfriends know that I've been having recently some um, issues. Oh, I don't even want to say issues. But I feel like issues is too strong of a word. Some uneasy feelings about certain things. So I wanted to ask if there was a way where you've been in a situation where you felt uneasy about something and you felt like you could professionally say no and avoid consequences. Because I feel like lately, if there were, if, if if I were to have said no to certain tasks, especially being a new team member, that um, especially within the probationary period, it kind of would have been like, okay, well, and if you don't want to pitch in or contribute in this way, then there's the door. So I'm just trying to figure out, because I don't think I've ever professionally said no without a consequence. Either I've professionally mm-hmm. said no, and, you know, we all parted ways, or I've professionally said no and still ended up doing the task some way or somehow. So I'm just trying to figure out if there's a way that that's happened for you and you've been like, no, I'm not going to do this because of A, B, C, D, E, F, G, or if you haven't been in that kind of situation before. The only time I feel like I've been in that situation was when the precedent was set by my manager at the time. Excuse me. So, um, at my old job, (laughs) they used to shuffle us different managers every six months. (laughs) It felt like, um, which happened for 
various reasons, I think, but um it was it was just often like frustrating, but with one of the managers that I had, and I felt like that continued on for the most part after this. We, I don't even remember what the task or the type of task was that we were given, but it was something, you know, additional Mm -hmm. to the regular things that you do every day Mm -hmm. that typically would fill up your eight hours. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, here's this other thing we want you to do. And they always make it sound immediate and urgent. And so we were having our meeting, the team meeting with the manager And we were talking about how we'd been assigned this new task and that we were essentially told it was immediate and urgent. And she was like, no, that's an unrealistic goal. I will talk to them and get a realistic time frame. Okay. Because you have other things to do. Mm -hmm. And... And and she also like and that said a thing where it was like a manager respecting the work that you do and the value that you bring and understanding that you have not and then she, I think she even asked us like what is a realistic timeline of when you think you can complete this right. so like allowing you to have the autonomy to say based upon the things that you usually do and and the work. And the level of what this task is requiring, when do you think you can complete it? And then being able to communicate that to the other person based off of when they need it and when they feel like they need it. Okay. Really, honestly, and not just, oh, I want it immediately because I want it. Um, and that was one of the first times where it was like understood, even though we they kept giving us a whole bunch of new managers. Mm -hmm. That was the first time where the manager was like, y'all have been doing this just fine on your own. Mm -hmm. Yes, I am your manager, but you do not need to be micromanaged. Mm -hmm. You guys are pretty independent. So I'm here as your manager to help you get the things that you need to, for you to tell me and communicate what things that you need so that I can help you do your job better as opposed to tell you do this, do this, do that, do that. And that kind of continued on in that job because for a lot of our managers, I had been at the company longer than they had. Mm -hmm. Um, I of course knew my job better than they did. (laughs) And I just had an, I un- I had wasn't having an issue in faltering and completing my work. So they trusted us. Okay. And that allowed us to trust them to be able to have our backs um to an extent. I think it's hard when you are the new person mm-hmm. for them to feel like they have confidence in you being able to do your stuff independently right. and still get everything done. Mm-hmm. So the, for them, they're like, okay, I need you to, to do to do all this and I'm going to kind of be on top of you and blah, 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 because I want all these things and I don't really know that you can get all of them done mm-hmm. by yourself. Or, um, or I want this thing done because I don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I can make you because I'm your manager. <laughs> or I'm just somebody whose name or title 
I think holds more weight than you. Because that's a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother thing, yeah. Which again, after having that like support from mm-hmm. managers, I would able to even more so be like, I don't care that you are count manager. I'm using I'm doing finger quotes, guys, <laughs> for those who can just tell from my voice. That doth not mean you can make me do your work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially if this is a team setting where it's like passing the baton. Right. If you're not doing your part, I'm going to let it be known you're not doing your part. They might still let you get away with not doing your part, but I'm not going to do it for you. If they're going to let you slack off, they need to be the one picking up your slack. <laughs> That's a good point. So, yeah, it definitely depends on the environment because with my new job, um, Whatever is asked of me, I definitely do. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I've been a little bit more wary about volunteering. I used to volunteer for stuff all the time. Now I'm like, you start volunteering for stuff, they put it in your job description, yep. and that was not in my job description before. So. Yeah, that's true. That's what one of my coworkers who saw me doing things, she was like, I need you to, let me be careful because who knows uh, who's going to eventually listen to this. But, you know, we, we've been told before pri- previously and, you know, other roles and other, when you're the new person, by we, I mean, I, <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> be careful of what you, if someone asks for volunteers, be careful what you volunteer for, or, you know, if they start seeing you as the go-to person, then yeah, you will fall behind on your own path. You will be, they will think of, oh, Ollie will do it. They'll just get Ollie to do it, or I will run and do it, or Ollie did it last time. She could do it this time. So, Yeah. That is something to be mindful of, for sure. Okie dokie. Are you ready to move on to our meat and potatoes? Mm-hmm. What's on your plate? <laughs> this is going to ruffle some feathers, I believe, just because I've tried Ooh. to have this conversation. Um a couple of times with a couple of different groups and some people understood where I was coming from. Some people were vehemently against it and other people, um, few were supportive of my point. And that's in regards to the stop Asian hate movement that's going on. So right now there's been an uptick. That's not the word I want to say. There's been more light being shined upon, um, crimes against people of Asian descent and that's not what I have a problem with what I have a problem with are the posts that are specifically targeting black people black Americans as being the dissenters against people of Asian descent I have a big issue with those posts and I have another huge issue with black people being called to stand in solidarity with people of Asian descent and and some of this conversation has brought up, well, um, you know, if we're all minorities, then da-da-da-da-da. Not da-da-da-da. One of the conversations was like, well, we're all minorities, so, you know, we all need to stand together. And I'm like, okay, just because someone else has put a blanket term on us being minorities does not mean we are treated equally. So let's not do that. Let's not act like we're treated equally because we're not. So that's one of my issues. The other issue is that this guy who went on this um, 
killing spree, for lack of a better term, this murderer, not this guy. Um, I don't like the narrative that this has been an, a hate crime against Asians for two reasons. I don't like that narrative for two reasons. One is that he specifically said, I am a sex addict and I'm attacking places that might have been affiliated with that. That's one. And two, all of his victims were not people of Asian descent. So I don't like that since the majority of his victims were people of Asian descent, that this has become part of the Stop Asian Hate movement because I feel like these are two different things. I feel like someone attacking spas, which according to him, have had some connection to his sex addiction, is not the same as I'm specifically going to attack Asian people. So I feel like they're both wrong, but I feel like it's been incorrectly categorized. So I just feel like I have a lot of issues with the categories of certain crimes that are happening right now and the call to action in regards to the Stop Asian Hate um, and Stop Asian Crimes movement. That's where I'm at right now. Um, I have a couple of comments okay. on things that you said. Sure. I'm going to first talk about the umbrella of minorities need to help each other out. I've talked to friends about this subject, even with black people. And I'm like, we are all black. We do not all believe in the same thing. Well, not we are all black. If you get a group of black people, they don't all believe in the same thing. They don't all have the same values. Mm -hmm. So assuming like, oh, if we get a party for the black people, a political party or organization or whatever and that's how we change the system i'm like that's not realistically going to work because just because we're all black does not mean everybody wants the same thing so you're going to continue to have the same level of division um and that can also be said for the minority umbrella like yes there are things that we experience um and can understand or relate to collectively Mm -hmm. and I do think that if you choose to support someone whether you relate to their experience or not you know please be vocal about um about supporting people but I do think it's very damaging to just assume oh well y'all all have this thing in common so you should all move the same way that's not a true factor um however when you come to the issue with the murderer that went and um killed those people in in the asian spas mm-hmm. i i do feel like it was targeted um because he went to asian specific spas and establishments he didn't go to massage envy and for me it's like if Dylan Roof, Dylan Roof went to a black church, if there had been a white person in there, they could have also been shot um, at that prayer meeting. But it it couldn't just be said, well, it wasn't a targeted thing, Just even though Dylan Roof had like a manifesto and was running around with 
um, Confederate flags and really wanted people to know he did not like black people. Mm -hmm. But if a white person had been in there and also been killed, I felt like, I feel like people couldn't say, oh, well, a white person was killed, so it wasn't just racially motivated. Like, I do feel like this person was targeting um, Asian-specific establishment that he associated with um, his sex addiction. I also feel like... (laughs) There are, a, when, for those who look at adult content, mm-hmm. there are so many categories for all different kinds of things. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if that, if that, those, that sex addiction, addiction is also related to the type of content of this sex addiction that he feels driven to or afflicts him would be Asian. Um, So I disagree with you in that regard. Hmm. But because in part, I I feel like I can't just (laughs) trust the word of the murderer to be like, well, I did it just for this reason, but I also can't trust the media. It's so complicated. Um, And I can't trust, you know, the people who arrest them. That's so much, but I I do feel like that part was in part driven by um, him targeting an Asian establishment. I will say I don't necessarily feel like that. I so from what I've read from what he said, and again, like you said, we can't necessarily trust the media or the words of a murderer. I I think, not I think I feel like I trust him more so because he was like, yeah, I killed them. Yeah, it's because I felt this sexual addiction. No, I didn't kill them because they were Asian. I killed them because I I affiliated these kind of massage parlors that I've been to in the past with my sexual addiction. So in my head, and let's just be frank here, whether I'm in Atlanta or L.A. or, I don't know, Bumble, F-word, Texas, if I say I'm going to go get my nails done, typically at least for me in my history and my more than 25 years of living, um, most of the people that have done my nails have been Asian people. So if I say, you know what, I have a bad affiliation with people who do nails and I go to nail parlors and go on a killing spree, then statistically most of those people are going to be Asian. So in that kind of factual regard where it's like, okay, He's saying, I'm going to be, or he said, I went to these type of businesses or establishments or buildings. Then I, just me personally, I can't just automatically be like, yeah, this was targeted towards Asians. What I can say is he went to a place of business and for where he was statistically, the majority of the people working there were Asian. And so, like you said, I can't necessarily believe the media or I guess fully believe exactly what he said, but I just feel like, is it a crime? Yes. Is it wrong? Yes. Was it specifically because they were Asian? I'm not sure. That's kind of how I feel about that. And I feel like that scenario can be used in anything. Just like if I say, Hey, I'm going to go eat some soul food. Typically if I say, Hey, um, you know what? Last time, last 10 times I ate soul food, it was really disgusting and I got food poisoning. So I'm going to go on the killing spree at all the soul food places. 
I doubt that the majority. I'm just giving an example. I'm I'm doing that. For me, soul food is specific. Like when you say soul food as opposed to southern food, it's specific to black people. To me, when Paula Dean was talking about her cooking, she called it southern cooking. She didn't call it soul food, even if she felt, even if a lot of folks felt like she was making similar things to what um, is made with soul food. So if you're calling it soul food, you're assuming or, or or correlating it with black people and black people cooking it. Yeah, so that's the reason why I say that specific. Food. Yeah. If I'm calling it soul me specifically, if I'm looking for soul food to eat, I would hope that it's black people that are cooking it because I know in my experience that most of my soul food has come from black people and it's been tasty. So with my little plug and play scenario of my formula, what I'm trying to say is that I feel like it's clear what I'm trying to say is that I don't necessarily, I, I can't a hundred percent, especially since he said, yeah, I killed these people. Yeah, this is why. And no, it wasn't because of this reason. I feel like because he specifically admitted to everything else, but said, no, this wasn't the reason that I can't automatically look at the situation and be like, he hates Asian people. So that's just where I'm standing right there. Well, We've disagreed before. Yeah, of course. Every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode. Like I said, it was a very unpopular opinion in several of my other conversations, mm. even with my... Was this like, one of the less heated versions? You said, was this one less heated version? Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. <laughs> I have I feel like very passionate friends. And I mean, you can be passionate about certain topics too. But in regards to this, um, yeah, I have like two friends in the other group chat and they've been posting Stop Asian Hate and AAPI and donation stuff like nonstop since um, the Atlanta shootings. And so when I brought it up, it was, I won't say they double teamed me because like I said, I expected it not to be a smooth conversation, but I try to, I try to come from a standpoint of facts before I bring in my opinion. So all I can say is these are the facts. This is what was said. This is what reported. Da, 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 da. And not everybody likes to go off of that. And I understand that, being someone who is very in tune with my emotions. Like, I understand that. So, yeah. Um, I feel like the Atlanta mass shooting is because it was a mass shooting. Like, there was already evidence of an increase in Asian attacks mm-hmm. or Asian people being attacked. Um, this was flat-out murder. And like you said, the majority of the victims were Asian. Mm-hmm. So it just felt like it. And again, in the way that I feel like it hit so hard when we saw the George Floyd situation, yeah. we are still in a pandemic. Yeah. This should be a time of less crime because mm-hmm. folks should be in the house, yeah. but also just like what should feel like camaraderie and consideration of other people because we're all going through so much so for folks to go out of their way (laughs) to kill someone it just feels like oh you must hate me because otherwise what is the point like what is the point is and so I can understand where people are just like it feels like like a strong targeted hate and I must call it out um so it it definitely like shot up the stop Asian hate movement, movement yeah. at a higher level. Yeah. 
because it was things that was already being addressed that at least I saw on in my feeds and social media and, and um, people that I interact with. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, okay, this person specifically went out of their way and killed all of these people. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Like I said, it's a crime is a crime and wrong is wrong, no matter what umbrella it's under. So I do not condone that. I do want to correct something though, because just now I was agreeing with you and saying, yeah, like, yeah, we should all be in the house and we're all going through a pandemic. But I feel like thinking that crime will decrease is not necessarily how, um, it's not our reality because it's like, okay, if we're all in the mm-hmm. house, people have lost their jobs, people don't have food, people don't have shelter, people don't have money coming in, then sometimes, not sometimes, that makes sense for crime to be going up. It's like, okay, I don't have it, so I have to go steal it from someone else, whether that's breaking into a car, breaking into homes, and I'm not definitely not justifying stealing, killing, destroying, or anything like that, but I can understand um, people being in the house, experiencing hay fever, experiencing symptoms over the pandemic, not having any income coming in. I can understand why they would think, okay, the only choice I have is to go to crime, especially since we pay taxes to a government every year. We pay taxes on everything that we buy, and they want to treat us like, what is it, like $2 a day or whatever the average was between payments. Um so yeah, I can understand if crime was going up. I can understand, you know, why statistically it would feel like everybody should be in the house, but people out there robbing, stealing, killing, and destroying stuff. Like, I can understand that. Well, part of that makes me think of the Purge movies because mm. th- that I never understood why, well, it used to bother me. I won't say I didn't understand. But I'm like, if all crime is legal within this 12-hour period, it's very infuriating that the majority of crime people want to do is murder, maim, and, and, and like violent acts, yeah. as opposed to someone going online and digitally erasing Actually, student hello. debt. Hello. Even just buying, <laughs> you know, just stealing a television, buy, like stealing groceries. Like, yes, it would be nice if someone did something um, criminal for financial gain. It's infuriating that people go and do violent things. Yeah. And that's what this, what this felt like, where it's like, it's not just, um, you can be getting hay fever. You could be experiencing hardships and you're like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go and act and make someone feel worse. Right than I feel right just that premeditated stuff that's not um premeditated deleting student loans it's I don't understand (laughs) it (laughs) I can't relate so I completely agree I wonder all the time like all these hackers that are exposing like these British parliamentarians or these politicians and stuff like that and I'm like okay well why are you over there gray hat why don't you go to the Sally Bay website and do what you gotta do so yeah well, if they British, they ain't worried about our little American student loans. That's accurate. That's 110% accurate. <laughs> That's your problem over there, love. I have nothing to do with me. Chip, chip, cheerio. <laughs> I'm supposed to do that for you. Are you taking a piss or something? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, let's move on to our meat and potatoes. We're in meat and potatoes. Hmm, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's been so long. I forgot to have a transition, you guys. I'm it's sorry. that extra 0.2%. I'm telling y'all. <laughs> so, Mandy, what's on your plate for meat and potatoes? Um, I have two things written down. I'm just trying to figure out if I even want to talk about either of them. One of them is can be very quick. I have not been engaging in award season at all. Ooh, that's unlike you. Right. And I don't know if it's because I can't I can't say it's because I'm at home because especially like the Grammys seemed like it was a big major event that people were watching mm-hmm. and I didn't even know it was on that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the, even when I saw it was on, I was like, oh, OK, <laughs> and, the, and chose not to watch um, mm-hmm. or engage or nothing. And apparently it was a very big movement or just like presenting, showing um, for a lot of black artists. Mm-hmm. I still did not do nothing more than what was already scrolling through my timeline. And even though I was like, all right, <laughs> and was swiping pretty fast. So mm-hmm. I I don't know if I am over <laughs> award shows if I ju- if I don't care about whether it's critics or members within an academy or mm-hmm. just the general public voting on what they think is the best x y and z or whomever is the best what's it and who's it um yeah, maybe I just don't care about that. Maybe I just want to engage in the stuff I want to engage with. I also feel like um, with films, as of right now, I would go to a movie theater and watch all of the films. And while a lot of things are available via streaming, some of the main things that I would have wanted to watch... um like the Asian film Minari, like I saw that throughout the whole quarantine. I couldn't wait for it to come out. Mm-hmm. It was only available for digital watch and it was going to cost me like $20, 30 I wouldn't pay that to go at the movie theater. Right. The same for a, a Promising Young Woman. I couldn't wait for that film to come out. It was only available for digital watch mm-hmm. f- for like $20, $30. So while I can watch four hours of Justice League, which I was never going to pay money for because I have HBO Max subscription, mm-hmm. thanks, I guess. I can't watch the things that I really want to watch. Um, so that could contribute to my separation from trying to engage in award shows. But the Grammys is music, and I have full access to music, so I really don't know what the reason is. But um, I guess I'm just trying to be about... the whatever I even have time for, because even though I didn't say it on the podcast, I said it to Ali earlier and she knows and um, shout out to that person that said we sound real terrible because we sounded tired. I've been busy. And so, yeah, maybe I'm just too tired to engage. She didn't say terrible. I'm sorry. The way I interpreted what she said, she said it in a, and I, and I wanted to, I, preface this in my head to say it this specific way because I knew that she didn't say it that way and I knew that you were going to correct me if I didn't say it properly so the way that she said the thing I interpreted as y'all sound like you're dying 
I hope you're not dying. Oh my god. That last episode sounded like hot garbage. Okay. Which I found which I've that's the way I interpreted it. And I found it very funny. I was also like, I hope I don't sound like hot garbage today because the circumstances that caused me to sound tired last time have not changed. I've just committed to a longer episode. <laughs> Fuego Bashora, hot garbage. Um, <laughs> it's funny that you bring up a war season because I wanted to ask you how you felt about about the digitalness of it all. So it reminds me of the people who have been working from home, and now that places are opening back up, they're like, "You can come to the office," but I'm in my head, I'm like. But this still works if I work from home. So what's the point of coming to the office? You would save by not having office space, not having to deal with a whole bunch of like, or I guess in-person HR incidents. In my opinion, it makes sense. Like if this machine is still running and I'm working from home, then everybody stay home. So how do you feel about them saying, well, the Grammys is still running and we have some people here, but most people are going to stay home. Like, do you feel like that decreases the value of the Grammys? Do you feel like, specifically the Grammys, I guess, or award shows, not specifically? Do you feel like that? I assumed all of it was at home until I was scrolling through the clips where I saw some people were there. Like, I really, I was so detached from it. I didn't even fully have that information until well after. Okay. Um, And the fact that some folks were there, I was just like, Oh, you must have been performing. <laughs> like that's the only reason why it would make sense to me that you would have showed up. Um, Which wasn't the case though, because not everybody. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so that was, you know, choices, mm-hmm. uh, choices that folks make. But I definitely agree with you that if you can run the boat, not there, because to be clear, at my old job. Mm-hmm. I was never, still never in the office. (laughs) We went into the office on days that we had meetings. And this was a precedent set from the very beginning. When I started my old job, everyone else went on vacation. And I was literally the only person in the building. Whoa. I was like, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, well, I guess I'll go home because nobody's here. (laughs) And anyone else that is working isn't here. They had sense enough to go home, but I've only been here for two weeks, so I didn't know no one was going to be in the building. Yeah. I was at that company for four years. I spent the majority (laughs) of the time working at home. So this isn't new to me. Yeah. And I know that you can get all of the things done. And I, what did Coco say? I was employee of the month. Like, (laughs) I... (laughs) They didn't give out employee of the month, but really I was, I was a very valued employee doing my work from home. Mm -hmm. So I very much can understand. I don't need to be in the office in order to get my work done. And my company has continued to do that and pretty much hasn't given us any indication of when, or if we'll be back in the office. Um, the only reason why I would like to go in the office one good time just to see people mm-hmm. because I, again, I've only seen them within the confines of a computer screen, but I will be very comfortable if that's again, like one day a week and then I spend the rest of the time at home mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or if it's like I come in and it's a half a day and then I leave around lunchtime and then work from home the rest of the day. That was another thing that, so that one day a week when I would go into the office, yeah, yeah I was only in the office for half a day. <laughs> <laughs> usually 
often. Um, shout out to my old job. <laughs> I don't like when companies or company leaders try to act like what that you have to be in an office. I mean, I understand some roles, sure, but I feel like for the majority of tasks that are done on a computer, you get your VPN, you get your login key, you do what you got to do, the Zoom calls or whatever it is you call for, and then you could do the work from home. And it just cuts me cuts down on so much. You get a tax write-off yeah. for your internet connection, for whatever devices you use in. Like, it, it just makes sense to me. So I don't understand why people don't just say, yeah, sure, work from home if you can. It definitely makes sense. I mean, again, before I had that manager who was like, y'all know what y'all are doing. I'm not going to micromanage you. Mm-hmm. I definitely had... um and these the, these people weren't even necessarily my managers. They were just those folks, like you said, that feel like they can run you because they have manager in their title, whether they actually supervise you or not. Right. But um, we're like, hey, I want you to come in for this thing and I want you to do this thing. And also I want you to come in for a specifically an eight o'clock meeting. Have you ever heard of traffic? Like, what are you talking about? Why does it have to be eight o'clock? What is the point? What is the point in the question and you and why do i have to be here for it just so you can watch me like i'm just so happy that people are are learning to um to stop doing that yeah. although some folks still want to bring it bring it back they really again for folks and I'm not trying to hate on people who have manager in their titles but for folks that have manager in their titles and this kind of goes in for my other thing I might have talked about for meat and potatoes but maybe I'll save it for this week the things that make folks feel successful and happy having manager in their title is one of those things some folks can't wait to have manager in their title <laughs> so that they can run somebody so that they can tell somebody what to do. They've felt like, Oh, I, I've been itching. My fingers have been burning. My body is just quaking at the opportunity to, to have power over someone else because I've never felt like I had power and I can't wait to flex it for the most unnecessary of reasons. And to those people, I look at you and say, ooh, you have a sad, sad little life. And we talk about you when you're not around. <laughs> As I said on the last episode, this role is the first one where I have manager in my title. And it's not that I was looking, mind you, I don't manage anyone, but there is a manager in my title. And I've never had it in the several previous roles I've had. And I didn't think anything about it. But now I'm looking like, yeah, it has manager. But I don't manage anyone. And even if I... Wait. You said wait? Sorry. No, I said right. Because oh. again, I don't want to hate on people who got manager in the title. I just want to hate on the people who got manager in the title. And then they was like, this is my time yeah. to act a fool. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Like, oh, I'm ready to abuse power now because I think I have some. Yeah, I totally understand that. So, bump all y'all who feel like, and even the ones without the title, but specifically the ones who think, oh, now I'm about to run y'all because I got married in my title. Are you ready for an underappreciated one? 
Yep. Okay, closing on over. My underappreciated word, I kind of want to do the guessing game, but I feel like it's pretty easy. So I guess I'll just just show up. My underappreciated word is going to the icon, the thespian, the portrayal extraordinaire, and living legend, Viola Davis. I feel like... Okay. Well, as soon as you said icon, I thought you were going to say Janet Jackson, but she's, she's all those things, though. Yes, Viola. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I feel like Viola Davis is just... First of all, I do feel like she's underrated, and I just feel like whenever I see her online, it's always something positive. And it's not necessarily like she doesn't have bad days, because of course everyone have, has bad days. But I just feel like she's either bringing awareness to me or she's shining light on someone else and bringing some positive energy. And I just think about her career span and I'm like, she's played so many different characters and she has been around for a very long time. But I feel like I didn't start really seeing or hearing much of her until maybe the last, six or seven years of my life and that kind of makes me sad because I'm like she's been around way longer than that so I wanted to give her an appreciated award and I'm looking forward to whatever future projects she has um, coming up she and her husband Jules have a production company and they're inking some deals I believe with Warner so I'm very excited to see um, this next project that they have coming out I believe it also has Taj Mori, Essence Atkins and a couple of other people so yeah I'm excited for it Mm. Um, when you say like how she just kind of had that uptick around the past six, seven years, mm-hmm. Viola Davis was definitely somebody, like you said, that was around, not only around, but getting the nominations mm-hmm. because the work has always been fantastic. Yeah, superb. And at the moment when, but she would, but no one was recognizing the worth they were like oh the talent is there it's undeniable and this often happens with women of color oh but we don't want to give you what you're worth we don't want to value at what you're worth but we see that you are at this level but we if we can undercut you we're going to and so I remember when I was still first, like, really seeing her in a lead position, it was still, like, new for me to know her in the lead position because this is a woman um, who started off on stage and Ben had, like, her Tony Awards and her theater um, accolades and also had, like, Academy nominations, but just she just wasn't well-known. She was saying, I have a resume that is comparable to Meryl Streep, Mm -hmm. but no one is trying to pay me Meryl Streep money. No one's trying to acknowledge me as that. And I was like, oh, she all that? Well, I definitely need to know about her because nobody's just going to throw out Meryl Streep's name if (laughs) if you're not actually Meryl Streep comparable. And then I was like, oh, snap, she's Meryl Streep comparable. (laughs) Like, she's that. So now that everyone knows it, I just want them to, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I, it's not my underappreciated word, so let me not take it from <laughs> you. But I agree with you that folks better recognize is what I'll say. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you brought the Meryl, because I was going to bring it up when you were done. But yeah, that Meryl Streep comment, that, that rings in my head often when I think of 
Mrs. Viola Davis, how people were like, oh, yeah, you, you have loads of talent. Your resume is great. You're like the Black Meryl Streep. No, she's Viola Davis. If you're going to compare her to Meryl Streep, then pay her what Meryl Streep is making. Period. Mm-hmm. Her, poo. Like, that's it. So, yeah. Shout out to her. Right. Right. And that's factual. Like, at the time when she said it, I was like, okay. The Black Meryl Streep. Now it is, I am, now it definitely is, I am Viola Davis. Yeah. There is, there, I don't need to be compared. Yeah. I am. The end. I am. I like that. The end. I like that. And and I keep saying like I just need because all she need is a Grammy for her to have that egot. I'm like, just go ahead and narrate somebody's book. Just narrate somebody's books because because your voice is velvety. I always like think about how she was talking. She was she did the voiceover for a Vaseline commercial, and I always remember it because of the way she said when you have a cut or chapped lips and I was like, mm. like it just, it warms me the way she said it, because there's a lot of people that it takes me a very long time to be like, Oh, that commercial where no one's face was in it, but it was just their voiceover. That's so-and-so it takes me a minute sometimes to realize that's Julia Roberts. It took me absolutely no time <laughs> to realize that was Viola Davis. And I never forget the product. She was selling me vastly. Memory. That's just the power of the Viola Davis. But your Viola Davis, you'd be like, oh, that's Viola Davis and she's selling me Vaseline. Again, I don't remember what Julia Roberts was selling me, but I remember eventually I was like, oh, this is my 15th time hearing this, and I think that's Julia Roberts. Okay. <laughs> and they do that for a reason. Like, you think all the time that these big people um, become ambassadors of something and they put their face on it and that gets you to sell it. And yes, it does or buy it, but they also just use their voice because when you are that person, your, your image doesn't even have to be on the product for it to become marketable. Correct. But there are very few people that when I hear their voice, mm-hmm. I know their voice, and then I recognize them with the product. And that's all I'm gonna say. I know Viola Davis was selling me passively. I feel like the only other person, just like immediately, who I'm just like, yeah, that's so and so. Sorry, Samuel Jackson, your best friend, and especially with all his little Capital One mm-hmm. commercials or whatever. And you know who else sometimes? Also, Tina Fey sometimes, because I can hear the quirky when she talks. <laughs> But yeah, back to who's receiving this reward. Reward award is Mrs. Viola Davis. So yeah, that's who's receiving mine. Who's receiving yours, Mandy? Um, so I have two people who are getting okay. my underappreciated award. Double time. The first, we, we were just talking about Viola, and she played the wife of someone. But this is the real life of that, the real life wife of that person. And my underappreciated word is going out to Pauletta Washington. I'm not even going to name her husband or her son, but I will tell you every time they are in an interview, they call out Miss Pauletta Washington. And I understand that as being for a reason. So I'm not going to do all this beside or behind or whatever, whatever. Uh, every good man, blah, blah, blah. All I know is she is the foundation of that household. And she 
has cultivated and contributed to the to people's success and creating an empire. And there's a reason why she don't just get a little award show. I'd like to thank my wife. I'd like to thank my mom. She get called out in every interview and piece of audio that I've ever heard from these people. And that's why I'm not even going to say their name because you need to know her name, which is Pauletta Washington. Not so-and-so's mama or so-and-so's wife. Pauletta Washington. I'd also like to note that she's an actress in her own right. Mm -hmm. Wait, An actress of stage. She is primarily. But if you also are looking for something to see her in, she is in um, Spike Lee's she gotta have it. She plays the landlord of Miss Nola Darling. If you just want to know what she looked like, but please understand and note: Pauletta be working, and Pauletta is that woman. And don't you forget it, because her husband and her son sure don't, and they don't want you to either. So Pauletta Washington, I love. And also, I'm sorry, just real quick. Sorry. I love how you referred to her. And her husband as those people. <laughs> because right, I'm not gonna give her the underappreciated award and then be highlighting them. Yeah. That's not what we do right today. That's not what we doing. It's her underappreciated award. All right. All right. So when you realize you're gonna be like, Mandy's so dumb. But no, yeah. it's her underappreciated award. It's her. That's completely factual. All right, please continue. I'd also like to give an underappreciated award to Georgia Representative Park Cannon, mm-hmm. yep. who was recently arrested for knocking on a door for trying to engage in the political process for which she is a representative of Georgia, so she should be allowed to participate. But she was arrested for trying to knock on the governor of Georgia's door while they were signing a bill that would act as increased voter suppression. Yep. Yep. And I'm not sure if he did it because he about to be gone for re-election and he benefited greatly from voter suppression in order to get himself in office. And so he was like, I need to make sure that things are as difficult as process so that I can get back in office. But I just want to acknowledge her again, not even going to call out his little crusty name. Um, because so that when it's time for her to be reelected representative park cannon, people know her name, see her name on the bill. I don't remember where I heard her name from randomly from the MNO podcast, but if I've heard her name, maybe that means she's good and maybe I'll vote for her. Cause you know, that's, we often just do it by name recognition. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when people vote, a lot of people don't fully Accurate. know the issue. So if this helps her get reelected, but shout out to park cannon. Mm-hmm. for trying to represent and care for her constituents and making sure that they have their rights when going out to vote mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that they are cared for and not making it more difficult for citizens to do anything, but particularly participate in the political process. Yeah. Georgia's on some um, little gazy stuff right now. 
Like one of the laws says you can't pass out water to people that are waiting in line. Another one says there was some some company that would pass out pizzas to people waiting in line. They're no longer allowed to do that. Or if they do, they'll get fined. It's something just kind of outrageous, like it's blatant voter suppression. And they were just talking about the comparison, how Georgia is still open carry. So someone with a firearm could be 150 feet within a polling place, but you someone passing out um, <laughs> water and food to people waiting um, is a bribe, allegedly. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's wild. I did have one honorable mention for underappreciated award, and that's to Miss Tina Turner, who just recently released a documentary. And in it, there's just kind of like the sadness surrounding it because she's dealing with a lot of health issues. So basically she's giving like a farewell or a goodbye to her friends as if, you know, she knows like her time on this earth is coming to an end. So like Tina Turner is a legend and an icon. I feel like she is also underrated, especially with the newer generation that doesn't necessarily deep dig deeply into past music as often as I feel like maybe our generation did. Um, or was required to hear through samples and, you know, just regular rotation from our parents. So also shout out to Miss Tina Turner. Definitely that. Again, when you talk about an icon, yeah. Tina Turner is that. And it does. It is very sad and melancholy to f- because in my mind, I'm like, yeah, of course Tina Turner been retired. She's an older woman, but it's not just a retiring. It's a full farewell to be like, y'all may, y'all may not see me again. Right. Um, so, ooh. Yes, that. Um, Mandy. But I, can, I can appreciate that she gave it that. Right. That's how, that's how I was going to ask. Like, can you think of any other person, like, who was so self-aware that, okay, I might not make it out of the situation, so let me tell you guys how I feel right now. Can you think of anyone? Who I don't want to be morbid, but I feel like that's what Cicely Tyson, Tyson did. Yes, <laughs> because her Tyson, autobiography Tyson. came out, and then she was like, and I passed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's so that, woo. But you know, older black women, they be knowing stuff. Oh, they be knowing. They be knowing. All right. Would you like to tell the audience where they can find us? Mm-hmm. Okay. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at MNO Podcast. We're um, like that lovely listener that sent us a beautiful voice note about um, how we sounded. And I interpreted it as, you know, y'all need to take your vitamins because you sound like um, death warmed over. Again, that's how I interpreted it. <laughs> Um, and I hope she knows that I say this with all the love because I love that she cared to check up on our health and be like, are y'all okay? Cause you sound like you're dying. And I just want to make sure that you're not. Um, so you can do that. You can also send us your questions, comments, and concerns at Mandy and Ali at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, and subscribe to the podcast. So that you know, when we drop a new episode like this one, that's about to go out. Cause it's been a little bit of a minute since we put out an episode. Um, please tell us if you guys like this one. Yes. Also, if you all are having any trouble with the links, whether that's, um, you know, the merchandise links, free merch, which we don't promote anymore, but do still have, or leaving us a note, then definitely <laughs> reach out to us in the DM. Um, like someone else, like I said, tried to leave a message for us through our anchor and it didn't go through. So make sure you reach out to us. Like we are very responsive, both Mandy and I, Ollie, 
are responsive with the um, podcast DM. So don't be shy about it. It was so good talking to you guys. Bye. Bye.